Hey friends, I know how busy this time of the year is. And as much as I love home-cooked meals, sometimes there is just not enough time. But I have good news for you. Factor offers delicious, ready-to-eat meals, which can make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with your pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. There are two-minute meals, so you can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They have snacks and smoothies and more. There's a wide variety of options and 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that will help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So head over to factormeals.com forward slash swanson50 and use code swanson50 to get, you guessed it, 50% off. That's code Swanson50 over at factormeals.com forward slash Swanson50, and you're going to get 50% off. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Yay for that. I'll be linking over in show notes as well, but go check it out and tell me how you enjoy your Factor meals. Christian Parenting. Aloha friends, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I think it's just easy to be a pessimist when hard things happen and when they have happened. I think it's easy to just think, what's next? What is the next bad thing that's going to happen in my life? And be pessimistic. But oh my word, the damage that that does to you and those around you is like when you see what that damage looks like, you don't want to go back. Hey friends, welcome back to the Boy Mom Podcast. I'm so happy you're here and I have to say I'm so happy it's October. This is the best month of the year, don't you agree? Of course, the fact that my birthday is later this month might influence my feelings, but I just have always loved October, the idea of fall, even if I don't get fall here in Hawaii. And just, you know, it's before the stress of the holidays, but we're all just kind of, I don't know. Do you agree? I'd love to hear. Are we all fans of October? Well, regardless, I have so much good stuff ahead for you this fall and winter. So thanks for being here. You are just listening to a short clip from today's guest, Nicole Jacobsmeyer, who's here to talk to us about taking back your joy. And she is coming from a very honest, real, and raw place as she has gone through a lot of pretty serious challenges in her life and especially a few real back-to-back, everything from a cancer diagnosis to a miscarriage carriage to a big move, a husband in medical residency, which hello, I remember those days so well with three little boys. So she and I can relate on a lot of fronts, but um, I love her heart and I love that she has now written her story to share with everyone in her brand new book that just released called Take Back Your Joy, Fighting for Purpose When Life is More Than You Can Handle. Uh, 
I think that um, many of you will receive something special from this episode, whether you struggle with depression and anxiety, which Nicole has walked through, whether you are facing or have faced hard times and just struggle to find that joy. She's not faking like it's been easy. She's not pretending this comes natural, but I think her story is relatable and so encouraging. Before we dive into that conversation, I just want to thank you all so much for being a part of this podcast community. We are just growing and growing, and it means the world to me. And next week, I'm going to come on with a Q&A episode and also a couple big announcements. So definitely come back next week because I've got some things to share with you that I think are mostly going to make you really excited and just a few little changes coming up. So hold on tight for that. I can't wait to share it all with you. Also, I want to thank you again for your ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I read them all and they encourage me so much. So if you haven't left a rating or review yet, it would mean so much to me if you could just pause this episode and you just scroll down to where you see those five stars. You can tap on them to give this podcast a five-star rating. That'd be awesome. And then if you can just take a minute and leave a few words about what you love most about the Boy Mom Podcast, that's even better. And this is kind of how podcast apps know what you like and help put this podcast in front of more boy moms all over the world. So thanks for taking time to do that wherever you listen. And now I would love to share a recent review that really encouraged me. Here is a review from Juanita GU 1987. The names are always so hard to understand, but it looks like a Juanita Gu 1987. She titled it Life Changing Podcast and gave the podcast five stars. Thank you so much. And this is what she says I have been listening to Monica for the last two years. I'm not even sure how I stumbled upon her podcast, but after listening to her boy mom book on audiobook, I knew I needed to learn from her as much as I could. I'm a mom of three boys, and the whole character training idea is what we hope for our boys and what we constantly learn from her. She has so many amazing resources and she is not shy in sharing them. Her love for the Lord and her family are a true encouragement to me. Thank you so much, Monica. You have been a true blessing to our family. Wow, thank you so much. That encourages me more than you could know. And just a quick note on that character training mention, coming up here later in October, we are going to have the doors open to the character training course. So stay tuned. Next week, I'm going to share more and give you all the dates. But if you have not yet joined the character training course, this will be a great opportunity for you to do that with some special bonuses just for the fall new students. So anyway, thanks again for the ratings and reviews and for just being here. You guys guys are amazing and I'm so grateful for you. And now without further ado, let's jump in and talk to Nicole Jacobsmeyer about how we can take back our joy in every season. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Nicole, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I feel like I've been looking forward to this for like so many months that finally we're talking I know. Yay. Thank and I can you. see you. Thank you. I wish, I wish that everybody could see you, but so fun to connect. And for anyone that doesn't know you already, why don't you start by just introducing yourself? Tell us where you live, about your family and all the basics. Yes. Yeah, so I'm Nicole. I'm married to Andrew, who is a pediatric I almost said resident, but we have officially, (laughs) (laughs) I know this is over. So he's now a pediatric hospitalist 
Um, we have four little kids under eight years old, and we live in North Carolina. And I'm kind of a mom blogger turned author, and I am just here for the ride. <laughs> Yay. Well, this episode should be coming out right about the time that your book comes out. So go ahead and just give us a quick introduction to what your book is, and then we'll go from there. Yes. So I feel like this has been such a hard season of writing it, um, but it is called Take Back Your Joy. (laughs) (laughs) And the subtitle is Fighting for Purpose When Life is More Than You Can Handle. And this really, I feel like it was almost birthed, gosh, 15 years ago, 12, 13, around that time where trials really started hitting me in my adult life. And I didn't know how to really understand and get through them because I grew up in a Christian home and I had wonderful people around me and great parents and great friends, great school, like all the things, but I didn't have major testing. I didn't have to understand this correlation between Christ's joy and suffering and what role I play in that. And so through years of questions and doubting and pain and trauma and so many different things, now, you know, mom of four, understanding what true joy looks like and how I can share that with not only people around me, but my children. Right. Yes. Well, and you really are vulnerable in this book, sharing just some of the hardest seasons of your life, which I think a lot of us would say, wow, I haven't been through anything quite like that. You've been through some unique things, but also a lot of things we all relate to. Um, So, I mean, already you mentioned that you're married to a physician. How how long ago did he finish residency? A couple months. Oh, just a couple months. Yeah. (laughs) That's, oh my goodness. You are fresh. I know. Fresh out of it. That's right. Because he started medical school later. You already had one child when he started. Is that right? Yep. Okay. So we have a lot. You and I could go off record here oh, yes. and probably swap some. We, we both did it the hard way by kind of waiting. My, my husband took a few years after college to start medical school and we just had our first during medical school, but okay. by the time he finished residency, we had three. And um, as I'm reading your book and thinking about those early years <laughs> with, you know, three kids under five yeah. and husband yeah. gone all the time. So yes, no money. clearly no money, no friends, <laughs> no family blog. around. Right. Yes. Well, I waited yeah. a few years. You wouldn't have wanted to read my blog if I started it then. It would have been a very sad story. Yeah. So, so maybe let's just do this. Let's, how about if you take us back and, um, just share a bit of your story. What what we want to do is connect knowing that every mom goes through hard seasons yeah. and they're all going to be different. Some may look on the outside like everything is fine. Right. Um, right. Some might have things that they've never shared with anyone. Others yeah. are going through really, really difficult times, whether it's a medical diagnosis or a struggling marriage or loss of a parent, but we all go through hard seasons. Yeah. And, and I love 
what you uncover just by your walk with the Lord about finding joy in the midst of all of that. And and it can sound so cliche that I yep. don't want to go there. I I want you to share some of the yeah. honest parts of your story. And then I want to get practical and really encourage those listening who are struggling in a little or big way, right. how they right. really can find joy even right now. So take us back and just <laughs> kind of share some of your journey. Yeah. I mean, I think the best part to start is 2019, just a few years ago, starting there, um, we were about to figure out where we were going for residency. We were in Colorado at the time. We really thought we were going to stay in Colorado. And we were kind of leading up to that place, getting excited. And I actually had my first miscarriage. And then shortly after, we found out we were moving to North Carolina. And at that point, I was like, this is not God's best for my life. This is not the way that I thought things were going to go. It's too much. It's too heavy. I just lost a baby. Now I'm leaving all my friends and family, my community, my church, my best friends, my parents, and now I'm leaving. And so it was really a hard season. But then, (laughs) I mean, I laugh about it now because seriously, looking back, it's like, you've got to be kidding me. But then I was diagnosed 10 days before we moved with cancer. And that was just the cherry on top of a horrible dessert. And that's when I think all my questions happened again. And I had three little boys at the time. And so obviously my husband was going to be in residency. And now I had this diagnosis and now we're moving. And I I almost felt like I couldn't even mourn the loss of the miscarriage because this whole cancer season was, I don't want to say worse because the miscarriage was absolutely horrible. But this one was like affecting us so much deeper because we didn't know what was going to happen with my health. So scary, right? So scary because it's so much unknown. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I want to even, (laughs) oh my goodness, so much, but I want to even dive in a little bit more to what you just shared, because I know you mentioned you really imagined you would be staying in Colorado, but then you said, then you were going to move to North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Um, how about match day? Let's just tell anyone who's not a medical spouse here. Yeah. That happens because of a day that is like famous in medical yep. school uh, history. You get, um, um, is it still done with an envelope? When yep. we went through it, it was, we all gathered. So you're in medical school, you're all gathered in one place. They give you an envelope and it tells you where you're going to go to residency, right? And where you're, where you're picking up and moving. Mhm. Yes, I remember the the crazy anticipation of yeah. that day and that's how I ended up here in Hawaii. So um that that was our match, but you were surprised then. You thought you were going to end up in Colorado. Oh yeah, I really did. Um And is just, that where you are from? Well, we I moved all over growing up, but I would say Colorado was home. Okay. And then my okay. husband's from California. So, it was we were used to moving, but we really yeah. didn't think that was going to happen. <laughs> right. 
And to North Carolina. Okay, so that happened, a miscarriage, which is always hard, but sometimes yeah. harder than others, you know, depending on your circumstances. And then um, can, can you tell us a little bit about the cancer diagnosis? Yeah, so we were packing up the house and really just diving into how we're going to, the logistics of everything and moving and graduation and parties and wrapping up school for the kids. And, you know, and you have like such a short time to get there, move in and start residency. So there's just a lot going on. And we took a break from packing and I was playing with my kiddos and I put my four-year-old, well, four-year-old at the time, and we were playing airplane. And so I was on my back and I was, you know, zooming him through the air and he was on his tummy on my feet and he looked at me and was like, what is that? And I, I had no idea what he was talking about. I was like, chocolate, what food, a zit, like, right, you know? right. and he's like, no, on your neck. And I looked in the mirror and I had this massive lump, which Fast forward a couple of days into an appointment, an ultrasound was a cancerous tumor the size of a ping pong ball. And the cancer spread all over up and down my neck and the side of my neck. So it was, wow. it, it, they told me it was the best cancer you could have. And so I was like, oh, it'll be fine. Like survival rate check, we're fine. But I don't think I realized how hard that it the whole process was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that lump must have come up pretty quick or you hadn't been looking in the mirror or unfortunately I looked at photos like six months before and I had, no, you're kidding me. Wow. Well, at least you're not too vain, I guess. (laughs) Well, you know, as a busy mom of three little kids under four, four and a half and I I don't just check myself out. You barely have time to shower, you know? (laughs) Exactly. You're glad if you brush your teeth. But I was mad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then then I suppose you had to move and start your treatments in North Carolina, new doctors, new place, everything. So we picked up and moved. And then I had a very invasive surgery. um, And it was the same week that my husband started his intern year. So, and then he was so busy. So we had family intermittently. We met new people. We had people, random people really step in. And then, and then I had the treatment and that was the whole thing. So it's just, it was wild. I can only imagine it must have been wow. so well. There, you were struggling with depression through this too, right? Yep. So then after treatment, I just, I really hit a low. Um, I felt like a 75-year-old woman. I've always been athletic and healthy and tall and lean and playing sports with the kiddos. And now this, I just, I lost it. It was so hard feeling like, is this it, God? Is this really the best that my life is going to be for the rest? This is it, you know, and the depression and the physical pain. I just felt like this is, this is it. I'm done. 
Right. Did did you find community quickly or were you in a time of being pretty alone through this? Well, we were pretty alone as in the fact that then COVID hit. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so we didn't really have wow. a lot of time to find a church. So we actually just recently found a home church and it's taken us this long, which has been so sad, but we, we really did have random people help and God, God had our needs met. Right. Oh, that, that's encouraging, of course. Yes. (laughs) But even then I know, but there were many things that continued to bring up just a struggle and the depression. And so that season doesn't go away just automatically. There's been a process. Walk us through kind of what that process has been like for you. I feel like the, the rehashing of memories and the worst places that you've been and writing them out and growing from them and learning from them and hoping that somebody else finds hope and purpose and joy through it. That brought up an, a different type of, I feel like depression as well. So I, it's something that I've, I've, I don't want to say always struggled with, but um, it's definitely been something I've had to work on. I've had to go on meds at times. I've had to have counseling at times. Um, but I think the biggest thing is recognizing that you can't bear all of those burdens on your back. You cannot be an amazing wife, uh, the perfect mom, you know, baking all the time, home's perfect. Like moms have pain too. And it that doesn't mean that you just, you know, lay in bed all day and get a nanny and say, you know, check me out. But I'm, I'm thinking that it's what I'm learning is that I have to choose daily what my priorities and what is important and having the kids honestly has helped me get out of my depression at times. So it's, I'm thankful for them and it's been extremely difficult though, dealing with, um, like trying to compartmentalize all the different roles that a mom plays while also focusing on like healing physically, emotionally, mentally in all ways. Right. Well, before you kind of turned that corner and started to come out of it, did you feel like this was affecting how, how were you able to even parent? You had three little boys at the time and then eventually added a fourth child. So <laughs> how, how were you able to do that? I think one of the, the biggest things was I had to realize that this was something that I had to give back to the Lord. And that might sound cheesy, like, oh, it was so easy. And it wasn't easy because there's not a quick fix to depression. There's not a like, go buy this, go listen to this, go sing this song. Like there's no read this verse. I mean, people think it's like, you can, you can pull yourself out, right? Yeah. Snap out of it. You can do this, like just do it. And that's just not how it works. And so I think recognizing the pain that I was in, all the things and the responsibilities that I had before me. And just like laying it out to the Lord and saying, 
you're going to have to be my strength through this because I cannot be both mom and dad because husband, mm-hmm. you know, doing right. his intern year here and, and heal and be the chauffeur and the cook and you know all the mm-hmm. roles that we have. And so I think it was just a slow put one foot in front of the next. And sometimes it was just being really honest with the Lord about my pain, my questions, my frustrations. Sometimes it was reading. Sometimes it was journaling. Sometimes it was just kind of zoning out and watching a show. And I think just being honest with where you're at always helps me. And how honest were you with your kids? Did they understand that? I mean, clearly they understood that you had health issues. How about just with the emotions and depression? Yeah, I am kind of grateful for the ages that they were at because they were still so young. And I was able to not necessarily put on a fake face to get through my day, but just a, I can show up for them and serve them. And that's kind of what got me through. I don't think they, I don't think they really picked up on it because of their ages. Right, right. And you talk in your book about focusing on the present. Yeah. Can you give some practical ways? Like, how were you able to make that shift? I think for me, part of putting one foot in front of the next was just showing up to the baseball game, getting out of bed, making a meal, you know, putting jeans on instead of sweats. Like, it can be very practical things and making sure that you're drinking enough water. Like it's the simple things that seriously help because I mean, even, even thinking about like, okay, yes, I feel like a 75 year old woman, my husband's never home. I'm exhausted. I'm healing, but what is God showing me right in front? Like, what do I have that is literally right in front of my face? And that was three precious little kids that still needed a mom. And I wasn't going to let my present pain affect their future and affect their emotional health, you know? And I think we can, it's so easy to get selfish and get and pull back and just make it about ourselves. But I think when you have kids, it like forces you to remember that you have to (laughs) almost think every single day, like, I have to wake up for them. It gives you a purpose to actually fight for that joy that Christ came to give. Right. I love that. So that was a choice you had to make that wasn't easy uh, to kind of let let those things that you are grateful for rise up. Talk to us a little bit about that. You, you talk here in the book about complaining and yeah. <laughs> And, and the role of complaining and, and really tell us, tell us, is it okay to complain? What have you learned? Well, I am the best complainer, so (laughs) I will be the, (laughs) I'll be the first to say that, uh, that's the thing I can always work on. Um, I think it's just easy to be a pessimist when hard things happen and when they have happened. I think it's easy to just think what's next. 
what is the next bad thing that's going to happen in my life and be pessimistic. But oh my word, the damage that that does to you and those around you is like when you see what that damage looks like, you don't want to go back. And it, and of course, I still, you know, will slip up and start complaining about something dumb. But thankfully, I do have a husband too that doesn't let me do that. <laughs> he'll he'll be uh, like, aren't, aren't okay, they good like that? I know. I'm like, gosh, why do you have to be so holy? <laughs> Oh, I know. I have one of those husbands too. I actually highlighted something your husband said that I loved. Oh, what was it about blessings and how you, how you can't question when God allows you to suffer if you don't question, you you say it better than me. So he was, I was complaining and just so angry about stuff. And I'm like, why did God do this? You know, just letting it out. I was very honest and very vocal, probably should have kept some things to myself, but he he said, if you don't question God's blessings, then why do you question when suffering comes? Because I was taking it so personally, like that God was just up there being like, okay, Nicole's going to go through this, this and this, and I want her to, instead of like life happens, there's pain and suffering and evil everywhere. And instead of focusing inwardly on woe is me, this is a horror. I mean, yes, when you go through trauma and when you go through things like this, it's okay to be like, this is awful. You know, this is not about faking this like happy face when you are dying inside, right? Like we have got to be honest and we have to know the difference. And so I think with, with being honest, there's a difference between complaining and spiraling downwards and bringing everyone down with you and then just being honest with people because you need prayer and you need other people to like carry you through. Right. No, that's huge. That's huge because I think we can be in denial and we can stuff things and that's not healthy either. Right. Right. So I think being honest and knowing the right place to share your honest feelings, you mentioned, you know, just the the effect it has on kids when they hear us complain, how you'll catch them then repeating that and yeah. being, becoming complainers because what we model really does show up in yes. our children yes. usually. Right. So. And that's why we have to get with the Lord. Like we have to have that time with him because I, I know that when I wake up and I'm just, you know, I just get my coffee and I'm all of a sudden in mom mode. I mean, I am not the best person to be around. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. it just ruins the rest of the day. And you cannot, you cannot be this fantastic, godly, wonderful, disciplinary, fun, all these things, mom, without the Lord, like he Mm -hmm. has to be our strength going forward. And I've just, I've had to learn that the hard way because I was, like I said, the best complainer. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll catch us up because people might be wondering about the cancer treatments. Bring us up to speed on where you're at with all of that. So um, the treatment went great. My surgery went great. Um, the meds that I'm on to, because it was my thyroid, so I have to be on thyroid meds for the rest of my life. Um, that's always a tricky dosage to find. So that's always a little issue, but I'm reasonably healthy and I'm definitely not what I used to be. And that's really hard if I think about it. 
Um, but I was not supposed to, I shouldn't say not supposed to have another child. It was just like, maybe it won't be best. My body's been through a lot. I have three healthy, wonderful baby boys. And I ended up getting pregnant with a baby girl. She was my biggest, healthiest baby I've had. And God just gave us this beautiful miracle baby. And it's things like that, that I constantly cling to when I'm like, where, where are you, Lord? Like he didn't have to redeem that situation for this, all this lost time and the miscarriage that I went through and the cancer and the moving and treatment and just like all of that. It's like, he's redeemed it all and he didn't have to, but in his grace, he did. No, that's beautiful. And how old is your daughter now? She'll be two in November. Mm, there's I a know. few all, all boy moms out there like me that are envious <laughs> of that sweet little girl. She's And I was so happy to have the three boys. I was I was in totally embracing this like boy mom for life, you know. <laughs> and I loved it. Oh, that is, that is so perfect. I love it. Well, I, I appreciate in the book that you do share seven ways to take responsibility as you're talking about depression. And I think whether you struggle with, you know, depression as a diagnosis or you're just overwhelmed and in a season of life where you just feel like it's, it's, there's not a lot of to look forward to. There's not a lot of joy in your everyday. I appreciate that you really focus on that word responsibility and giving some proactive things we can do to take responsibility. Because I think we all need that reminder that we're not victims, that we don't have to, whether we're going through something actually difficult in life or just having a rough day. We aren't victims. We, right. There's always something we can do. Can you maybe touch on just a couple of those things of the yeah. seven that you name? I think the, the last one that I wrote was do what needs to be done. Be honest with your spouse, with your best friends, a safe person, and do what needs to be done. If that is going to join a gym because working out is what brings you life, you know, and gets you out of that funk, or if it's going on meds for a season, or if it's taking supplements, or like whatever it is, you need to just do it. And that's between you and the Lord and those closest to you. And I think that that's a great first step, because a lot of times we don't even want to take that. We want to just like, almost soul in our, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and play the victim yeah. and be like, Oh, I struggle with this. It's like so sad. And, and like, I've been there and it's miserable, but there are things that we can do. And I also have to know it's, it's not as simple as that too, for some people, but that first step, you can do something. And I think that's so important. And going back to remembering what God has done, remembering what almost like your, your purpose here, this is not the fulfilled life, you know, our abundance and this glorious eternity is in heaven, but he did come to give us all of these blessings as well. And we are going to experience those but a life with Christ does also mean suffering. And we have to 
I think almost understanding that helps you move forward of like, okay, this is, this is not how it's going to be forever. I am not stuck in this place for the rest of my life. There are things you can do. You can look around. You can, you do have some things to be thankful for. And it's not a, you know, snap out of it thing. It's work. And that's where the responsibility comes in. You have to work at this. Oh, that's huge. I, and I'm just such a believer in, in, you know, how our thoughts are habits like everything else and whatever you train yourself to focus on, whether it's gratitude or complaining is going to become a habit, but it does take work and habits take a long time to develop. Um, Speak about social media a little bit before we wrap up, because I think, you know, your perspective on that, I found you through social media. I know you're there. (laughs) You do a great job. I'll be linking to your um, Instagram account, but, but what did you discover about social media? I think when I was going, well, let me start with saying this. You understand, Monica, how the whole medical school life (laughs) can make you um, excited for the future, but also it's so easy to compare with people who have already finished it or have what you don't have. And it's funny because I'm not usually a comparing type of person. And so when I was writing this chapter, I was thinking, oh, well, this isn't a struggle of mine. I don't need to, you know, I could just pass this one over. But as I was writing, I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah, I was right there with you reading, reading about, you know, how you look around and you're like, other husbands come home in the yeah. evening. Yeah. They have, you know, weekends off. And uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I totally relate. <laughs> I just feel like there's, you know, we all post our best and we all post these beautiful photos and quotes and of our home and our kids. And, and we love to do that. I love to do that. I love to post the good stuff too, because life is already hard. I don't want to see, you know, all the hard stuff all the time that I'm posting. I want to bring excitement and joy, but that's just, that's the point of comparing is when we look at other people's best, then all of a sudden we're judging them on our worst days and we're thinking, Oh man, if only I had a beautiful house like that, I need to, I need to build, I need to buy a dog. I need matching outfits. I need, and then it's all these things that you need, but you're never going to be content if you're not thankful for what the, the cards that God has given you. And I was very much caught up in wanting to, exchange my cards and be like, Oh, new deck, please. Like, I don't need, I don't need any of this. I'm ready for another hand. But it's like, when you look down and see what God has actually given you, then you're not going to have to compare to the next person and you can be happy for them. (laughs) Yes. Right. Well, how did you kind of find a peaceful place with that? Did you come up with like a way you approach social media now to guard yourself or have you just kind of got a new filter on when you're looking at it? I kind of have a new filter on and I think it's okay to put boundaries up and say every weekend, I'm not going to go on. When I do go on, I'm going to set a 10 minute timer. Maybe you don't scroll. Maybe you post 
and get off. Maybe, maybe you unfollow some people and it's not personal, you know, like, I don't know. I, I think it's different for everybody, but for me, I, I've just kind of done a little bit of all of that, to be honest. Well, I think, again, that word responsibility, you're saying, if I'm going to be on this, it's like what I teach my kids. Can you handle this responsibly? Meaning, are you emotionally ready? Are you, you right. know, socially ready? And so for us, I think as women, we need to ask ourselves, is this is this something that is even good for me right now? Exactly. Do I need a break? Exactly. And if you're going through something, I know I've had uh, my friend Kate Merrick on before who lost her daughter to cancer. And she was talking about when her daughter was in the hospital and she would see all these pictures of people with their beautiful daughters. And she was looking at her daughter in the hospital bed and was like, why am I even on this? And she went off social media and never went back on. But I I totally respect that because there's a time to say, what what is this doing for me? Right, right. And I do think we try to equate um, posting and social media as like a ministry. And I, I I have to be careful how I say this because I do think that God uses it for his glory in so many ways. Um, but I think for me, I had to get off that track of thinking that I can do it, that I have this account, that I have this many followers and, and really just kind of give it back to God and be like, I will delete this tomorrow if you want me to. And if you can get to a point where you say that, where God, it's all yours. I will literally delete this account in a heartbeat if that's what you call me to do. And then that is just a great place to be. Yeah, that's a great place to be with just about anything, right? Surrender is the key. Well, there's so much good stuff. Why don't you maybe share um, one or two things for anyone struggling right now as a mom who's just thick in the middle of it? Maybe they can't change their circumstances, but anything for those raising little kids, just pieces of advice you have for them as they're walking through their day today or this week? I think the thing that just came to mind is how much it helped me to just get dressed and go outside or call a friend and meet at a park. And you don't even have to grab Starbucks or food or because I know finances are really tight for some people. And I have totally been there (laughs) where I'm like, I can't even meet friends at Chick-fil-A because we don't have that. So just getting outside and getting your kids in fresh air and taking a hike, going on a walk and getting with another mom who's understood and, and gets where you are coming from. Because so many times we isolate ourselves and we think that we're the only ones going through this. I had that too. I was like, I'm the only one going through pain. I'm the only one whose husband's never home. I'm the only one, this, this, and this. But try to change that this week and say, no, there's other people out there that I can be a blessing to and relate to and have these mom conversations with at the park, outside, in my jeans. (laughs) Which might require you to be vulnerable and be the first one to say, can I share my stuff, right? And that's, that's hard, but I think it's the best advice you could give because- other people are waiting for you to take that first step too, most likely. Yeah. So text a friend this week and get outside. <laughs> right. Awesome advice. I love that. 
And I think you're setting a great example to your kids too, when you're proactive and you take those steps. Uh, they're going to have hard times in the future too, depending on what age they are and how much they pick up on what you're going through. They're going to see what you're doing and that mom's trying, mom's yep. taking steps yep. to do what she can. Um, so good. Well, we will be linking to your book, Take Back Your Joy, over in show notes and all the places people can follow you. Um, why don't Is there anywhere I'm missing? Want to share your website? Where else can people find and follow you? That's that's great. Website, Instagram. Love it. And what is your website if someone wants to hop on right now? It's NicoleJacobsMeyer.com. There we go. Awesome. Well, would you uh, say a prayer for the women listening before we close? Since I know this is such a such a challenging topic uh, for those going through hard seasons, I would love it if you had asked a prayer. Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that we do not have to be moms alone, that there are women in our paths that can benefit from our stories and from the love that we have for you. I pray, God, that this week we would focus on our time with you, that we would not look to the right or to the left, that we would stay focused in our lane, looking at the beauty that is in front of us, the children in front of us, and the friends that we have, and just be grateful for all that you have given us, because you have given us everything in your son and everything on top of that is just added blessing. And we are so grateful. So be with us this week and help us to take that first step, regardless of how hard or vulnerable. We pray that you would just be our joy and our everything. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Oh, Nicole, thank you so much. You're such an encouragement. And I've just really enjoyed getting to know you through your book. So I know other people will too. And congratulations, you've done a great job. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. All right, friends, I hope you enjoyed getting to know Nicole a little bit, and I hope you're encouraged in whatever you're facing in life. Uh, you'll find links to anything we mentioned over in show notes, which can be found at monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 178. Thank you so much for being here. Can't wait to grow with you this fall and winter. Again, next week is a pretty special episode. So I've got some announcements and a Q&A episode for you. So be sure to come back. Please continue to spread the word about this podcast to your friends. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha. Aloha.